0: early next week. Temperature right now 26, relative humidity 86. That's the news from RTHK. Good morning,
1: welcome to Back Chat. I'm Danny Kittings and your guest presenter this morning is Brian Wong. Good morning, Brian. Morning, Danny. In our main topic today, we're looking at plans to try and encourage more people to become foster parents as part of the government's response to a child abuse scandal. There's a growing shortage of foster families in Hong Kong with only enough for one out of every three children in need. So a review committee set up after the series of abuse cases linked to a residential home in Prince Edward has recommended increasing cash incentives and providing more support to foster families. But will these incentives be enough to address the foster parent shortage? And what support do foster parents re- re- really need? You can let us know what you think on our Facebook page, Backchat on RTHK Radio Free. Email us at backchat at rthk.hk or give us a call. The number there, 233 88 And after 9.45, we'll be looking at school closures in Hong Kong. Joining us initially on the programme, we have uh, Priscilla Loy, who is a child rights advocate and former chair of Hong Kong Committee on Children's Rights. Other guests will be joining us later. Morning, Priscilla.
2: Good morning. Morning, Good
1: morning,
3: Priscilla. So I'd just like to start with a question uh, where there are currently only around 900 foster families in Hong Kong and uh, according to experts, it's seriously inadequate. What's the reason for this shortage? What are the root causes?
2: Um, let me put it this way. The current foster care system, I would say, is struggling, as you pointed out. It was said that there are at one time 300 children waiting for the service but there's not enough foster families receiving them and the waiting time for application is sometimes 6 to 7 months which is so long uh, and undesirable and in a recent survey conducted by Hong Kong Christian Service that around 20 to 30% of current foster parents are thinking of uh, leaving the service. And there is an aging concern of around 40% of foster parents, um, reflected in their survey, uh, they, they were over the age of 60. Uh, though age uh, with reasonable health and support can do a great deal to reduce the kind of um, uh, stress and difficulty for children and families. And yet, handling children with different kinds of needs because these children who need care, they have experienced different kinds of needs. Some are overactive, depressive, they have health concerns and mild disability, learning difficulties, and so on and so forth. requires a lot of efforts, a lot of support in providing them the necessary care and attention and guidance. So the stresses and challenges of the nature of foster care Uh, cause burnout. And the support at the current moment, I would say, is insufficient. And both, let me put it this way, the um, material and non-material incentives needs to be changed or improved drastically.
1: Well they are looking at that, aren't they? I mean this, the, this review report, is, uh, to give us a full title, the Committee on uh, Review of Residential Care and Child Care and Related Services has, has recommended uh, trying to uh, provide better remuneration and uh, give foster, foster parents some, some breaks. Uh, do you think this will make a difference? Uh, I, I think the
2: report in itself and the recommendations are, are all very good and comprehensive. It covers the improvement of the quality of service and power and monitoring system and the rules and regulations and collaboration. But my concern is, um, in the past decades or so, many of those things have been mentioned and have been written down. But whether there is a monitoring system for the field in general, for these recommendations to be genuinely followed up. So a platform like the review committee who, who come, come up with this particular uh, report may need to continue uh, to be there uh, in order to monitor and see whether the field is really practicing what they, are, what, what they are preaching, what they are recommending and secondly, if you ask, after all these uh, have been put into place whether abuse and neglect or whether the children's best interests have been taken into consideration we wouldn't actually know we would hope so, but we will not actually know until and unless we have a more scientific kind of survey done to mm-hmm. reflect about the consequences or the achievement or the difficulties involved. So I think if I see this about bringing change in place for our children, I think these two mechanisms will need to be put in place yeah, while starting off the entire operation.
1: Now, earlier on you referred to one of the problems at the moment is it can take six to seven months to place a child with, uh, with uh, foster f- foster parents, um, why so long?
2: Yes, we, we need to ask the relevant departments why so long. Um, one possible um, reason is manpower uh, for those who are actually doing the assessment and allocation. So I think the government, um, instead of uh, reviewing what they they have seen in the report, they would also need to see whether they are sufficient manpower to do it. And I think one concern area is that I witnessed some of the uh, countries overseas. They are attaching priority and importance to foster care much more than we do. Say, if we look at our current services, it's only a quarter of children being um, placed or allocated to foster care. And foster care is only divided into emergency foster care and then a more long-term one. And yet if I look at places elsewhere, the support they attach to foster parents um, are much more uh, than, say, we have here in Hong Kong. So um, I-, I think in terms of um, planning and the manpower and resource support, we have to seriously look at the need, and whether we would like to change the scene. By changing the only one-quarter of children in foster care, we target at a larger percentage, daringly a larger percentage. But if we do that, we have to put our measures, effective measures, in recruiting and supporting and encouraging our citizens to come forward to become reliable, responsible, well-trained foster parents.
3: Let's delve deeper into the disparities between Hong Kong and other jurisdictions, Priscilla, because I think you raised a very salient point there, that um, the resource allocation, the attention, and also just the emphasis placed by the government on the sector here is clearly very different from our counterparts abroad. Do you think there's a cultural reason for that? And if it's cultural, then what can we do to tackle the cultural roots of the matter? Yes, Um, each places
2: are unique in itself. I believe in the case. But there are commonalities, and there are um, good practices and strengths that we need to follow. For example, foster care is valued, and foster parents receive different levels of support, moral uh, resources, incentives, professional support. Say, in countries like uh, Canada, uh, Australia, South Australia in particular, and UK, a higher priority is attached to um, foster care and foster um, foster parents are receiving a special support. Uh, they, they, they have been an allocation of a dedicated support worker to every foster parent and providing them with um, regular phone contacts, home visits and joint meetings if required. And also they are concerned about after-hour support. Because, you know, the kind of stress and difficulties and challenges happen sometimes, often, or oftentimes, after office hour. But foster parents are human beings also. They need the kind of support, particularly in the, in helping and caring for children with special needs. So after office hour, hotline for foster parents is very important a service, and they have put that in place to support and they are willing to issue or work together a statement of commitment, actually between foster care uh, the institutions and the Department of Child Protection, to reflect and indicate and actualize that both parties have the commitment to make it work. And one more thing, I think um, we need to seriously look at and um, is the, a child perspective uh, really being honoured? And I think we find in our documents and so on, it mentioned about child perspective and the child's rights and all these. But whether we are serious enough in saying that the child has the right to feel safe, to be heard and to tell someone and that someone needs to be there if they are hurt or unhappy or they run into difficulties, for example, being bullied by inmates, by other children or by adults. So I think all these they need to seriously put in place in order to um, reflect our sincerity Okay. Uh, turning
1: the world. Yeah. We, we, we're discussing the uh, shortage of foster parents in uh, Hong Kong and you just heard Priscilla Loy, who is a uh, child rights activist and former chair of the Hong Kong Committee on Children's Rights. Uh, we're now also joined by um, two, two more guests, uh, Dr. Vinci Chung, who is a psychologist and uh, head of Family and Child Services at the Companions and Rizwan Ula, who is a member of the uh, Commission on Children. Welcome to Backchat and uh, Dr. Cheung, let, let's go to you first. Uh, um, we've been already hearing about uh, the shortage of um, the shortage of foster parents, um, but how about on the other side? I guess in your your work, you, you get to see that the, the need the gr- people saying there's a growing need for foster parents in Hong Kong more more and more sort of um, cases of broken families. Is that correct? Uh,
4: yes, correct. Because of the uh, situation about broken families, uh, children needing to have uh, a family life. Uh Resembling in a, a natural family environment, which is uh, uh, good for the development of the children, instead of a group living environment, in, such as in residential homes and boys and girls homes.
1: Uh, from what I understand, it that's most essential in, in young children. I mean, sort of children from sort of zero to three, and so on. I mean, of course, it's essential at all ages. But the younger the, the more important it is to be placed with a foster family. Is that correct?
4: Uh, Yes, uh, from the child developmental perspective, zero to three years old need to form secure attachment with key caretaker, with a... uh who is like the same person, a key caretaker, and that attachment forms that sense of security in young children, and this sense of security forms the basis of self-confidence, self-esteem from very young age, which is needed for developing child as they grow older.
3: Thank you. Uh, Thank you, Dr. Chung. just want to bring in uh, Rizwan here. Uh, In terms of your your work on the Commission, uh, Rizwan, what are your foci and what are your main findings and conclusions from the ongoing uh, discussions, really, on the Commission concerning foster care? What's the takeaway there?
5: Well, actually, uh, good morning, everyone. So, actually, I just joined the Commission in uh, uh, January uh, at the time uh, I, I look at the report like while it was uh, circulated and discussed I think uh, one important aspect that I'd like to uh, draw upon is uh, for uh, I mean first the children are the future of Hong Kong okay uh, and undeniably foster care uh, as one of uh, as two of our speakers have mentioned like foster care is able to, you know, allow children to help uh, to have a healthy growth, uh, they have a nat- natural family-based environment, and also the love that they can get from some people who will be looking after them for a good material of time. Now, uh, if we look at the report this time, uh, in particular for foster care service, there are at least, you know, 12 improvement uh, measures where we can actually help increase, you know, and incentivize parents to be uh, or adults or like-minded individuals to become foster parents. Now, uh, you see, uh, the thing is right now, currently in Hong Kong, what I see uh, is many people actually uh, uh, are scared or maybe they don't have enough information or publicity to know like they can contribute uh, to foster care service. And if you look at the report, uh, you're able to see that at least, you know, 60 percent of these students, uh, these children, they have uh, special learning needs in ADHD or SPL. And so if, you know, uh, for people who don't have children or who want to contribute and help these children for the future of Hong Kong, if they are given enough support, psychological support, the know-how, and other support they need to look after these children. I'm sure the number will go up. And with public engagement and make this, you know, as a norm, like for people to accept this, that we need to do this, this will bring some changes.
1: Uh, Earlier on, Priscilla Loy was telling us that actually a lot of people who are foster parents at the moment are thinking maybe of giving it up and also that um, we we look at the demographics, you have a lot of really quite old foster parents. Is, Is that a problem?
5: Well, uh Definitely. Uh, but the thing is, uh, we need to, uh, like, I think age might be a transient problem, but the thing is, uh, while st- while we still have these ha- uh, good-hearted individuals, we have to see how other young couples or some middle-aged couple can also take part uh, in this. And again, the, uh, the uh, support that we can give and strengthening for, uh, the support to the current foster parents and the 1 plus 1 mechanism will actually help to attract more. And, you know, uh, uh, it's, uh, it looks difficult, but I think we, we need to do something here and to get more people on board.
3: Well I'm guessing there's also a bit of a continuity uh, problem here in that you don't have sort of mechanisms that allow for the transmission of knowledge from one generation of foster parents to another and on that uh, I was wondering if you could unpack perhaps um, Rizwan Frost, what do you think are the major knowledge gaps in the status quo because you mentioned that there's a lack of know-how that you know you just wish there were more dissemination of knowledge so what are these strata of knowledge that you think there needs to be more discussion and thinking about?
5: Well, I mean, uh, I think uh, if you have the stories, like, you know, like some good uh, practices, some stories that some of these parents had, and you disseminate that to public in a in a soft approach, people know, ah, okay, these children has gone, like some uh, uh, kids who has gone through, you know, these forced, uh, fostering uh, services, and research has shown that it's more successful also, I mean, for the, uh, the healthy upbringing of these kids. So if these Uh, stories can be shared. And then when we design these professional support services from those agencies, or using the case uh, worker management approach to look after individual cases, uh, the grounding of these uh, experiences, the transmission of these experiences, and also some of the problems. For example, uh, one of the problems that many people look at is the the, the procedure, like it six, takes six, six to seven months or even longer, how we can streamline these things and don't discourage some people who are already, you know, have this uh, passion to help these children.
1: OK, uh, let's go back to uh, Dr Vinci Chung and uh, f- follow up on the issue we were talking about uh, just briefly earlier about um, uh, the growing demand for, um, for, for foster parents. We've been hearing a lot about the shortage on the supply side, uh, the, 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 the demand side. Um, d- d- Dr Chung, do, do you think this is, a, is this a transient problem? I mean, maybe the stress of COVID and uh, families being divided by the border being closed. Is, that, um, is it a transient issue or do, do we expect the demand is going to continue to grow in coming Years.
4: uh it will be continue to grow uh, or at least consistent uh, because it's not a transient thing regarding the demand for uh, foster home foster care service uh, because of uh, not just covert a lot of issues regarding uh, mainly reason why people need foster home is the family um or the parents uh Undergo some difficulties. Uh, for example, they uh, they uh, uh, they provide negligence, uh, and also because the parent themselves are not mature, not stable enough, that is not related to COVID. So this sort of difficulty, say they undergo legal procedures, uh, so they cannot take care of their children, this kind of situation will consistent uh, across different timelines. So that's why uh, this need is consistent
1: but it 's partly related to overall quality of life isn 't it? I mean, if people are happy generally in Hong Kong then there 're going to be fewer marriages breaking down they 're going to be fewer cases of depression whereas if it 's a time when uh, when people are much more unhappy you 're going to have more more cases like this aren 't you uh, this uh,
4: difficulty in living or the living standard or this difficult thing uh, looks like to be consistent over time and maybe even getting worse uh, according to different economic situation. Um, Apart from economic situation, uh, um, a lot of challenges in the parents, um, their job security and also their maturity as parents, uh, they definitely need support. However, usually uh, children with parents... um, that have very low motivation to be a responsible parent, Um, they do not seek help. Rather, somebody seek help for their children, uh, to take care for their children. So um, that's why foster care is a constant demand.
3: And Dr Chung, is there um, a thought here that perhaps maybe subsidies and also tax rebates at least the existing measures that have been in place, are just not enough just yet to help alleviate the burden. So maybe there needs to be more coming from the government to, to really targetedly help those who are helping uh, our society through becoming foster parents by giving them additional boosters, additional sort of uh, facilities, access to resources and welfare at large. What do you make of this argument? And do you see it as financially feasible?
4: Um... As the government recommendation, they also uh, put in these measures, I highly uh, support the one-to-one service uh, support is very good to help the foster parents to connect. Among themselves and support each other um, and share experience. That part is good, and the uh, the monetary support is very important because that also taken as a recognition by official parties like the government of their contribution. At the at the moment, the contribution is uh, the monetary support is very little, um, and also when they take leave and when they cannot take care of the children for. Food day, they are um, they are not allowed to get the uh, uh, subsidy. All those measures make it not supportive, and also seems to say they've. Uh, input the contribution by the foster parent is not substantial is send our signal like this so that's why in their recommendation they are saying they need to take away such measures about uh, deducting whenever they are taking leave whenever they are not doing full they support that sort of measure I think this is important uh, on the one side for the financial support, on the other side, it means recognition of the contribution of the foster parents.
1: Uh, Rizwan Ula, how about that about um, the making foster parents feel more valued? It's not just about the actual money, but the symbolic. Uh,
5: well, yes, definitely. Like money, I think incentive is uh, one thing which would make you uh, at least feel better, uh, like uh, some recognition. But uh, the other thing is... Uh, I think if uh, those who are participating in foster care, if they if there can be, you know, like some sort of platform where they can uh, share their experiences with uh, the parents, uh, with other potential uh, parents, or even from the government, uh, I think this would uh, create and send a positive message to those who are already in this, like they're doing something... Very beneficial for the society, and it should be recognised.
1: Do you think we can learn from overseas practices here, uh, Rishawn Do you think we can learn from overseas practices here?
5: Well, I, I, I think in uh, uh, some other countries they they, they, they have uh, good practices, and we can actually uh, look at those practices and see what we can uh, adopt to the context of Hong Kong. Uh, that that uh, support circle. Uh, all these things, and I think uh, at the end of the day, uh, with uh, with these 39 measures uh, mentioned in the report, and we have these 12 for the foster care service, uh, adopting this as quickly as possible. I think it's of uh, paramount importance
1: now. Well, one of the things we were hearing from some of our other guests is that um, it's sort of uh, that in the past uh, recommendations haven't been made and uh, have been made and haven't been implemented. Why why should it necessarily be any different this time? Mm.
5: Well, I, I think uh, the, uh, the members in the Children Commission and uh, some people who are engaged in, in the work, uh, uh, as I understand, uh, like, uh, they are very serious and uh, keep a very close eye on, the, on these measures.
1: Okay, Uh, we're going to take a break for the news and we're going to say goodbye to uh, Dr. Vinci Cheung, a psychologist and head of uh, Family Child Services at the Companions, and Rizwan Ula, member of the Commission on Children, who you just heard. Um, But uh, Priscilla Loy will stay with us and other guests will be joining us. Later we'll be talking about school closures, so do drop us an email. uh, If you have any thoughts on either of those topics, backchat at rthk.hk. The weather forecast, uh, mainly cloudy with a few showers. Uh, There'll be sunny sunny intervals in the morning. However, currently the temperature... 26 degrees relative humidity 85% News news with Andrew Charoski
0: President Macron of France has begun a state visit to China his first visit to the mainland since 2019 In a speech in Beijing he referred to China's plan to broker peace between Russia and Ukraine Mr Macron is accompanied by more than 50 business leaders After talks in the capital he will end his trip in Guangzhou tomorrow Police are appealing for witnesses after a 53-year-old man died after being run over by a car in Mong Kok last night. Officers say the accident happened just after 9 p.m. on Tung Choi Street as the man was crossing the road. And one of the world's biggest online criminal marketplaces has been taken down in a global sting operation. The Genesis Market website sold stolen login details that allowed fraudsters to access bank and shopping accounts. Operation Cookie Monster was a huge international multi-agency sweep involving law enforcement agencies from 17 countries. We'll have more on these and other stories at 10 o'clock. Remember when the MTR services were suspended because a Sky Lantern hit the tracks? Sky Lanterns can be hazardous because we have no control over where they might go. They can cause fires, including hill fires, jeopardize flight safety, cause personal injuries or damage property when they land. Any person who releases a lit Sky Lantern might even commit an offense. Please put safety first and refrain from flying a Sky Lantern.
6: I'm Dr. Edmund Seniors, the COVID-19 virus still exists in the community. As the elderly are at higher risk, for the sake of your health, don't take it lightly. Scientific data shows that those with stable health can receive COVID-19 vaccines. Take your elderly relatives to get a job at community vaccination centers,
3: designated general outpatient clinics, elderly health centers, private clinics, or hospital COVID-19 vaccination stations.
1: Welcome back to Back Chat, I'm Danny Gittings. your guest presenter this morning is Brian Wong. In the second half of the show we're continuing our discussion about uh, the shortage of foster parents in Hong Kong on the back of a uh, report Uh, uh, that report uh, from a review committee said uh, after the series of abuse cases linked to a residential home in Prince Edward has recommended many measures to try and increase uh, the number of foster parents in Hong Kong and and address this serious shortage Um, Still with us is uh, um, Priscilla Loy. Priscilla Loy is a child rights advocate and former. I'm a chair of the Hong Kong Committee on Children's Rights and we're also now joined by Professor Lam Ching-Man. Professor Lam is the president of the Hong Kong Social Workers Association. Uh, Professor Lam, good morning. Good morning. Um, and uh, we've been hearing about what I mean there are many problems about foster care in um, in Hong Kong at the moment but one of them is is the shortage of social workers right? Yes. Can you tell us a bit more about from from the from that perspective how, how that affects um, this whole problem?
7: Case of social worker is not only for foster in the in the field of foster care or child protection is a very universal uh, situation. But for um, foster foster care and child protection service, I think is even more serious because um, the the, the work is very stressful, and the social worker they need to have a, a special training and continuous training to work in this field. So I think. Uh, this report is good because they address the, the training issue and the continued development, CBD, con- continued professional development issue of social workers. I think uh, the shortage of social workers and the shortage of, of uh, foster parents is a, a, one of the main issues. One um, of the main problems for this issue.
1: we have hearing in other countries, they, I think particularly Australia was mentioned by uh, Priscilla Loy earlier, that they, they, they have much better support and maybe sometimes even a one to one ratio or in terms of support by social workers.
7: Yes, yes. Uh, yes, to solve the problem, uh, I think that, that, that the, the, the most important solution is support and. To, to the social workers, one to one and the and the ratio, the manning ratio, the, the 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 house parents to the social worker to client ratio, if they this can be improved. It's much better because now the social worker, the workload is very heavy and they are very stressful. So if we can uh, take, take them into consideration of their workload and with various kinds of support, the mentoring support, the, 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 the workload support and also other resources support, that's, that's very helpful.
1: Priscilla Loy is still with us. And uh, Priscilla Loy, I think you, you originally raised this issue about um, shortages of social workers. What, what, what's your thoughts on this?
2: Um, why is there a shortage of social workers is an important question to ask. I think then you have been right in saying that if, say, citizens and people around in Hong Kong feel that this is our home and we have a place, we got recognized here, then we will um, throw our hearts fully, totally to ensure this home is safe and sound, and the people around us are respected. I think that's something we need to see and we need to write into our Hong Kong story. And if we hear that children are falling from high rise, uh, are being sort of ill-treated, abused, and uh, homes broken, children have no place to go, and after going to residential services, they've been abused.
3: Professor Lam, I just want to pick up on this. Um, What do you make of the claim that actually the best solution is to import more social workers from either the rest of the Greater Bay Area or from abroad? Um, Is there a need to import uh, social workers to help alleviate the manpower shortage or is the real solution really to nurture and cultivate domestic talent? Professor Lam. Uh,
7: Yes, um, I think... uh, the problem can, cannot have an easy solution. Uh, I know that people mentioned about to import social workers from the greater Bay Area, but maybe back to uh, the, the social training, because I know that there, there are quite a number of uh, social workers in the mainland China and in the great, greater Bay Area. But for our social profession, because we, we, we actually have that uh, the system you know, in Hong Kong and in China is at, at this moment is not quite similar. And also the training, because for them, that is more about, uh, they got trained social worker, but the system, their registration system is, up, is taking examination. But for us in Hong Kong, we are using uh, training, uh, institution training, they must go through a formal social work training. So maybe uh, that's a solution. But, but before I implement this policy, we have lots of things to consider. And, and I think this is the, can be a solution, but 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 uh, before implement, we need to think think about it and how to solve the uh, resolve some other problems.
1: So it sounds like uh, importation of social workers is at best a partial solution with its own problems. I mean, not at this stage. Not, oh, okay, not even a, in maybe that case. It's, what, it's, what is what the other, solution? What are the details first? <laughs> well, if uh, importation is, is, not, is, is not going to be very helpful, what, what is the solution if we desperately need more, more social workers? As, as you said, actually, not just in terms of um, foster families, but more, more generally.
7: The manpower planning and training, because uh, from uh, from well from the very beginning, the input of social the training institutes. Uh, now, uh, for some uh, UGC from the university, they have they have quota for the social program. The first thing, maybe we can consider to expand the quota if we can have more trained social workers and more intake for for social work students. Maybe that's a, that's a, a solution. One of the solutions. The other thing is maybe we have a. We, we, we need to have a clear manpower planning uh, mechanism because now uh, for social worker, usually it's that high. When we have manpower shortage and we we tackle on the problem, maybe why right at the beginning, we have a me- better planning mechanism. How many social workers are need in which field? And then the training can align with the uh, shortage, the, de- the demand. And uh, also, uh, maybe because the young people uh we, we need to attract people to join the social work profession so maybe we need to have a, some share the experience and share the good practice and do more um, how to have the policy to recruit and retain the social workers
1: okay we're discussing uh, the uh, shortage of uh, foster parents in hong kong and related issues like the shortage of social workers um, and shortly we're going to be looking at uh, the issue of school closures in hong kong if you've got any thoughts on either topic you can uh, email us at backchat at that's backchat at or you can leave a message on our facebook page backchat on rthk radio free and uh, let's bring in a comment on our facebook page from uh, from michael michael uh, says um, and priscilla lawy perhaps uh, you might be able to respond to this um michael says. Some 45 years ago, I fought the government to shorten the time newborn unwanted children were institutionalized, nearly 18 months before they were placed into a home. Can you imagine those important first 18 months, most of the time alone in in a crib? I would hope that this situation has improved could you please ask uh, foster care organisations if this situation has appro- improved? Uh, Priscilla Law, you, you're not a foster care organisation, but you, you were talking earlier about the uh, problem in, in, in delays in, in uh, placing their children with foster parents. I'm not sure it's 18 months, but it's still a serious problem, isn't it? Absolutely. It, it,
2: it's heartbreaking to hear these stories. And it's very often these heartbreaking stories. And also our active social media, who brought it to the forefront to enable the community, to enable our government and uh, the policymakers to actually see how important it is for our policies and uh, resources and our planning uh, uh, to have a child perspective, to facilitate all these so that children's lives can be changed into a more positive, uh, uh, creative kind of approach. And it, I would say it's not impossible, but we have to put our foot down to, to be willing to do something more. And I, I appeal to the government to have our children in their policy address, in their budget um, the arrangement. Um, I'm not just saying that we have devoted the, the, a large percentage for education, health care in general, and so on and so forth, but specifically in supporting them. For example, in foster care, a lot of parents are saying that the fund doesn't, uh, is not sufficient to cover extracurricular activities that many ordinary children would have. It doesn't um, cover some of the tutorial sessions or even medical care. So I think we have to look at it in order to facilitate people to step forward. We cannot expect everyone will be sort of um, reaching to their own pockets, and um, spending money on children because of goodwill. Goodwill is good, but we
1: shouldn't take advantage of people's goodwill. Um, but this problem about delays, is, 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 as well as comments comments making clear that, that, that that's not new. I mean, he was saying 45 years ago. You now, maybe the length of delay is not exactly the, the same as it was 45 years ago, but it still is is clearly very long. Why, why can't why we just can't solve this problem, right, Priscilla Loy? We, we yeah. I, I
2: would like to raise that I would appreciate our citizens because through the years of education and advocacy and so on, I think the community has changed. Um, and uh, it's very often our citizens who raise this kind of concern. So there's a strong responsibility and ownership of the care and the uh, and, uh, rights of, to protect the rights of children. If our citizens are willing to bring up these concerns, as they observed earlier, uh, to the relevant parties, I would Government will listen to it, will respond to it more quickly. Yeah, we hope. It's our goodwill. We hope that by bringing all these up, just like this particular case of the residential institution, because of a na- somebody in the neighbourhood who witnessed the kind of ill treatment, who bothered to take the case forward, and thanks to this gentleman who who wrote in, there to your programme, indicating that that particular concern. Do write and do share, do make such things known uh, with the good intent and uh, not to mess up with our society in a peaceful way, so that the community will confront the issues quickly and not wait
1: for decades for for change to take place. Okay, thank you very much. That's a positive note on which uh, to end this discussion. And uh, uh, thank you very much uh, to Priscilla Loy, you just heard, who is Child Rights Advocate and former chair of the Hong Kong Committee on uh, Children's Rights. And also joining us in the um, uh, second part of this discussion was uh, Professor Lam Ching-man, president of Hong Kong Social Workers Association. In a moment, we'll be moving on to the issue of uh, school closures. 95 years
3: of public service broadcasting. Stay tuned
4: with Hong Kong. I'm Gilly of Consumer Council. Happy birthday, RDHK, for your 95th anniversary. May I wish you always filled with positive energy, continue to discover and report accurate, impartial and objective consumer news for consumers to shop smartly every day.
1: 95 years of public service broadcasting. Stay tuned. Stay tuned with Hong Kong. With Hong Kong.
0: You're listening to Backchat. Call us on 233
1: 266 and have your say. Welcome back to Backchat. I'm Danny Gittings, and your guest presenter this morning is uh, Brian Wong. Um, uh, moving on, another issue that has uh, been in the news this week is school closures. Once again, with a declining uh, birth rate in Hong Kong and a surge in emigration in recent years, um, school numbers are coming under pressure, and um, uh, two primary schools are threatened uh, for, with closure in the coming year. Uh, one case which has attracted particular attention is uh, a, a primary school on Chung um, uh, Chau, uh, the uh, Church of Christ in China. Qingqiao, uh, Church Cam Kong Primary School, um, which fell just one student short of the threshold to continue, they need to get uh, 16 students. They only got 15 students, and this uh, case, so arousing a lot of concern. Of course, not particularly easy for children necessarily to travel from Chung Chau elsewhere to go to school instead. Uh, joining us to discuss the, the, uh, both this case and the problem more generally um, is uh, uh, regular. Um, um, guest on Backchat, chat uh, merving chung merving chung is chair of the hong kong education policy concern group uh, welcome back to back chat okay good morning <laughs> uh, first of all what what do you think of this chung chow case
6: uh, i think uh, well it's a uh, a quite quite case because uh, it's uh, it's providing to leader education services uh, on uh, on an outlying island uh, which is a little bit far off from uh, from the city center, so if uh, it is forced to close down, then it would be to i think uh, to the disadvantage of of the children uh, on 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 the island and indeed um now recently that uh, because of this case um there's been a lot of discussion on the on the dim prospects faced by by schools in 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 the ro- lower rank of the um of the uh, the preferred school um, uh, system, so I think uh, we need to to start already late uh, uh, thinking about the future, uh, you know, of our of our school sector, whether or not um, there will be an increasing number of schools face, uh, face uh, facing the prospect of uh, being you know exiled from the um, from the uh, school sector
3: what exactly has been done thus far by the uh, education uh, bureau in-, in face of these challenges do you think the government's doing enough
6: i think um yeah they they have been um doing a lot of things but uh well, there, there there is room for you know, for expanding such efforts and at the same time keeping in uh, closer touch with, with the um, uh, with the schools especially those uh, which are vulnerable to um you know to to the acting and now. The one, one, one serious problem is that if we look that uh statically at the city's population structure itself, um the light, the likely closure case and the trend it shows uh, are really worrying to to the school sector. Now um we remember the government earlier projected that the number of children in Hong Kong aged six would fall to fifty thousand um uh, in twenty twenty nine from the fifty seven Thousand three hundred at the moment, and this already represents a drop of fourteen point six percent. And then the the number of schools, uh, the number of uh, school students aged twelve would drop from seventy one thousand six hundred to sixty thousand one hundred over the same period, and that uh, shows a drop of nineteen percent. So I think uh, Eve, um, the decline continues in in the student population, and uh, worsens, By the city's low fertility rate, Uh, last year uh, we know that there are only uh, uh, 32,000 births. And then uh, more schools could be expected to face uh, the problem being faced out in in the local education system over the next few years.
1: Now, one problem you often hear schools complaining about is sort of inflexibility of the education department and, and, and all that, and the, in terms of how they apply rules. Is, is that a problem here? I mean, could they be more flexible about these things?
6: Now, um, I think the, um, the eye-catching point in, 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 in Changchiao School's uh, case is that uh, it's only uh, at the moment sought by one, one student in order to hit the 16-student um, the uh, criterion for, uh, uh operating a primary one class so uh, that's there's uh there's that, criticism uh, you know uh, over the uh, the rigidity of the uh, you know of the rule uh, now now to, uh, in, uh, enforced by by the education Bureau. now uh, i think that this can be a little bit re- uh, relaxed that is giving a longer time for the school to to efforts uh, in, in student recruitment so um uh, I, I think uh, and, another way is that um, now in the past, when there were too many students, uh, then the um, then the then capacity of, of the total capacity of, of, of the uh, local uh, school system, the government did try to increase the size of each class and and also increase the number of classes uh, uh, that, that were offered. Uh, can things in the opposite direction we uh be done now that we we face uh, you know uh the problem of shortage of students so at the moment um for primary schools um the uh the minimum number of students needed uh, to uh, start a class is 25 uh 25 students um so can it be uh, a cut down to 20. the same for secondary schools uh secondary one uh, at the moment, it's 30, so can it be also uh, you know, downward adjusted to 25? Now, in this case, there will be more flexibility for schools in, in, in both sectors, and it would be good to uh, preserve the schools, while at the same time enhancing the, the morale of the teachers, which are working hard to, to serve the students
3: these are all very fair suggestions and I suppose one additional thought that we might have here is that perhaps with uh, the influx of more students coming to Hong Kong from mainland China or alternatively from other parts of Asia, would that be able to uh, resolve the sort of uh, supply shortage problem or the, the shortage of students in the status grow? Is that a, a remedy that you foresee as being on, on the horizon? Is that something you're looking forward to?
6: Now, this is... Uh, been uh, you know, in my mind, and and also you know made, uh, been made public for for quite some time, um, because the situation in Hong Kong is is rather fluid. Of course, uh, by uh, as I, I said at the beginning, um, the, if we look take a static view of the uh, the local um, uh, population, we. Are uh, really uh, having a very dim prospect of uh, of uh, getting more students uh, in, in in the classes, but then, uh, uh, well, just like in the past, we 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 did have the uh, you know, influx of uh, people uh, who who come to work in Hong Kong or uh, or, or as uh, you know permanent resident uh, or looking for permanent residency in Hong Kong, and they can uh, they can bring with the families or or start the families here so um our population structure though apparently uh, uh, static at the moment um uh, may not be uh, you know uh, uh, subject to a, a low change situation uh, forever and if uh, we 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 do have uh, this kind of influx of uh, uh, you know, families and and, and young people. Then, uh, we 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 may have the prospect of increasing our, our you know our, our our children who are at the relevant you know age cohorts for, for schools. So my my suggestion is that uh, since the existing uh, you know education system will probably not require additional resources. That is, we use the existing funds. Uh, that could you know, keep our system, uh, our existing uh, provision, uh, in terms of number of schools and classes and uh, et cetera, to go on for for some more time. Why not give it you know, uh, a longer op- observation period, say uh, two to two to three more years, to see if we really want to, or you know, if it is really necessary for us to to cut the classes or even close close the schools for. For similar kinds of education, like special education.
3: That's sort we've talked a lot about students. What about teachers, right? So, essentially, there's also the possibility that uh, I believe teachers are uh, leaving Hong Kong uh, due to a variety of reasons. Uh, should we be worried about the exodus of teaching staff as well? And is that a core cause of school closures?
6: Uh, I think uh, at this point of time, um, there should not be. Uh, Big problem with the teaching force because the teaching force, those subject to attrition for various reasons like uh, 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 immigration, uh, will be less of a problem now because of uh, the anticipated shrinkage in class numbers and the upward adjustment by the government of the quota of training places at the universities, uh, at the local universities, offering teachers education and training programmes.
1: So I think you're saying, the, although uh, maybe uh, there's, 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 there's some attrition in teaching, that the, 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 the reduction in students is almost uh, faster than the reduction, overall reduction in teachers?
6: Yeah, they off, uh, more or less offset each other. And of course, uh, we look for uh, really senior and, and also experienced teachers in, in, in our schools but it uh well i think it would take uh, a few more years to to reach that because um at the moment uh, i think uh, we have um, more and more young teachers in, in 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 our classes so uh we do need to give them the opportunity of developing themselves and and, and uh, uh into uh you know uh senior teachers with uh, expertise and uh, and sufficient experience.
1: From, uh, I mean, it's just anecdotal, but from from teachers I know who are leaving, it's not necessarily the most experienced teachers who are leaving. It's often young teachers who are just starting on their careers and um, uh, think about uh, perhaps going overseas. Is is that your impression, Mervin Chung?
6: Yeah, uh, young teachers uh, should not be a big problem because uh, every year we do have uh, an an expanding team of uh, graduates from from say faculties of education or schools of education at the local uh, public publicly funded universities, and they can, uh, I think that they can make good uh, the, uh, the the losing members of the of the teaching force. And uh, so, uh, well, at this moment, I think uh, the leaderships of schools plus the EDB and uh, and the uh, uh, and the academics at the at the uh, higher education institutes should join hands. Um, to to improve the teaching uh, the local teaching force, and also to make them to uh, develop the skills and maturity uh, faster in, in the teaching profession.
1: I'm just wondering if we we're saying actually there's um, not such a serious problem with shortage of teachers as we thought. Could it be the reverse if we we have such a drastic decline in the student population that Hong Kong will end up with too many teachers, Mervin Chung? Especially you so say you've expanded expanding teaching numbers now.
6: Now that uh, I think uh, to solve that uh, uh, like uh, likely problem, uh, it, it is easier because uh, all we need to do is just adjust uh, the uh, teacher class ratio, and then to, uh, to go further on uh, on 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 the track to um, optimal uh, small class uh, teaching. And in, in 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 either way, to, uh, there will be an increased t- t- demand for 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 teachers. So uh, once again, that would offset the um, the question of over uh, uh, oversupply of teachers.
1: Okay, and just finally, a slightly different issue. How about um, native English speaking teachers? I know that's been a problem as well.
6: Yeah, that's a problem because um, some of the uh, uh, the the next teachers have already left Hong Kong. And, uh, well, since the, I think that this can be built into the, um, SAR's uh, um, plan of, uh, luring talents from, from all over the world. So, uh, not just, uh, uh, those who are technologically, uh, uh, specialized.
1: Uh, but also uh, uh, people. Okay, I'm sorry. We'll have to sorry to interrupt. We'll have to draw it to a close there. That's all we've got time for today. Thank you very much to uh, uh, Mervin Chung, who's our guest in the second part of the show. Uh, thank you very much also to Brian Wong, a guest presenter today. Uh, Backchat is taking a break over the um, Easter holiday, but Backchat will be back on Tuesday. So do join us again for the show then.